Thank you, Lord, for, to, for this hour. We plead the blood of Jesus upon us, Lord. Speak through our mouth, Lord Jesus. Minister to us, to your body, the body of Christ. What you are preparing us for in these last days, and what is hindering us from, from getting into that door, you want you to reveal to us. And help us, Lord, to, to go through that door into the Almighty. So that you can make us ready for your option. Thank you, Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise see the Lord. Amen. I'm going to start by telling a, a vision that the Lord showed to me many years ago. And I just pray that uh, the Lord will help us to understand this. In this vision, I'm talking of in the 1970s, very close to 80, the Lord showed this vision to me I was still in Nigeria then like a train of you know it's a train railway train you see several, several cargoes about four of them not really, they are not really real train but it was a train of specific individual ministers about four of them and the Lord showed to me in that vision a door was open and this four ministers line up one two three four and the door was open it they entered this door and then it turned like a train that's why it looked like quality train a train where this man was lying on the floor this one touched him like this and the next one on that and the next one on that and they were almost like maneuvering like a train we go in that room a big large hall and almost like they were maneuvering on the floor like a train will go and then as they get to the door there was a door at the end of that room the one in the front opened that door and as he swung the door open the next second person saw the door and detached from the man in front and entered the door taking the next train through and the man that opened the door joined the train like this and they entered a second door a second room hall like a hall and they maneuver again i was like washing i was like a more part of the up by washing and they maneuver again in that room until they get to another door in that hall at the other end of the hall and when they get to that door they didn't go straight they more or less maneuver almost like when you are doing a campaign and then when you get to the other next person open the door swing it open and the next person which will be the number three now before saw the door and entered and this guy will join them the train the four of them still go and then when they when the last when the last third one saw the door entered saw the door he went instead of going through this maneuvering he went straight to the other door that he wanted to open and he went straight to that other door and swung it open when he swung it open nobody was able to go in the, I was when when then they looked like a master 
who was the supervisor came by there and tried to swing that door open, look like as he swung the door open, the chain or the old train seems to be moving with the door. And he couldn't go in, then his division stopped. And I kept wondering about that vision over the years. That greedy because he went straight, that was why the door didn't, he couldn't, he, he, saw, he opened the door, the people couldn't detach from the man in the front now. Or he didn't see the door that was open. So I kept wondering about that. Over the years, now in America, I saw another vision. Remember, they couldn't go in, is the main thing. And the last door, they couldn't go into that door. The, the Lord made me to know that this has to do with the, the work of the Lord at the end time. Because those four main ministers, it's like they are more or less doing the first wave, the second wave, and they are now to go through a door into the Midanda anointing. Then about many years later, which is now in America, sometime in the 2005, I saw another vision, the Lord showed this one to me. In this vision, I was like on the mountain, I've related this particular one in many places. I was on the mountain and there was a big city, like a, a city we all wanted to go. And there was a wall around the big city. And the city was full of cloud, like white cloud, bright light. And there was a gate. And I was on this mountain watching these people. People are coming from the outside. They wanted to go through that door, through that gate into the city of light and the first person tried to go in he ran back and the next person and they were piling now they are now piling at the door they were piling at the gate outside the wall and one of them said an angel was inside that light that was trying to kill us and i was watching then one of them one of them was just hearing what they are saying one of them said wait the, man, the lord is coming to talk to us wait the lord is coming to talk to us and from that city Came doves flying above the walls. These doves, I just call them doves, they are birds. They flew above the walls and came, and then with them, with those doves, came the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Flew with them, and the Lord landed in front of this large crowd. Now they are now a large crowd at the gate. They couldn't get in. And in my mind, I knew that they were believers, saints, that couldn't get into that door because there was so bright light in that door. And when the Lord landed in front of them, the Lord told them, I told you to walk in love. That was the message. I told you to walk in love. That was the message. Then I woke up in the vision. I've related this over and over and over again. I just told you this. Now, after beginning to compare the false vision in the 70s, with this vision, I said, the Lord began to mean to say, that was what he was saying. Why couldn't they go in that first vision, this last phase that they couldn't go in? He just brought it back in that vision where he said they were piling at the gate and they couldn't go into that light because I told you to walk in love. So that's why the Lord said I should replay or repeat this sermon again. And I have presented this in magazines this is a magazine I'm more, I'm more to show to you, you have, this has been sent out sometime in the night in the 2018 this is my magazine called Harvest is Life and uh, I'm only just printed this water because it's still on my computer 
And in this literature is a prophecy by Jane Lead. It's called the Reign of Love's Kingdom. The Jane Lead. Many of some of us that know that was the woman that have so many books compared in the 1600. 1600. That was when she was writing her books. And uh, in that, in some of those, we compare a the school 51 that many of us are familiar with. In, in this passage, I just extracted this from some of our sermons that said, The reign of love's kingdom. And what she was, what she was saying in this prophecy was that God will continue to wait until this divine love is found in the body of Christ. Because when you read the old text, you say, He said, by all means, we see what has either to put a stop and cause the Lord to delay his coming. And we continue to delay until perfect love is come to burn up every image in the mind that is not engraved by God's own finger. I just read I just, just a, a sentence in this prophecy. And he, if, that was when this same thing, when you look back to the summary that was given in Scope 51, we call it Scope 51, which was actually uh, a, a pamphlet that was written that some of the followers in that 600 compiled all the books and put a sign that said, everybody should walk in love. That, that sentence is summarizing some of these things. And she said, that is why God will continue to wait until... This divine love is found in this body. See, we were waiting in the because in the 1600s they were also revived, waiting for the Lord's coming. It was so much revival they were thinking the Lord is coming. And when he was putting this, she was putting this one out, saying that was why the Lord kept on delay. We were waiting in the 70s, 1970s, revival coming. That the Lord is coming soon. Many of us were seeing dreams, visions, rapture. I saw many of them too. That make many people left colleges and think the Lord is coming soon. But that was 40 something years ago. What God was using those to get us from this level to the next level. But you see, when you now read this story, he's saying this is what the Lord is waiting for. This is what the Lord is waiting for in his body. I'm not talking of this group. I'm talking of the body of Christ worldwide. Because this is message that he said, put this one out there and it's going on television now in some of the places on, on my what called video on demand and some other sections here is she mentioned here he said we know it to be so from the up piercing eye which doth try all degrees of love and it may be universally bewailed that so much superficial former and dead love is found both to god and one another hence we do not wonder that the bridegroom makes no more haste. His bride, wanting as yet a full vesture or a robe of pure charity, love, without which he can never be said to be ready. For this is to be all our glory, both within and without, and to adorn her for love and delight. That's another sentence of this policy of Jane Lead. In 16, I say, say God is still waiting, he's going to keep waiting until he gets that divine love. In his body. So that is the purpose why he said, preach this message again and again. We will repeat it as the Lord this again and again because love is what everybody says. Love is going to rapture the bride. And that is all we are going to talk about today, a little bit of it. And I pray that the Lord will give us uh, utterance and help us to understand this. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to just give us some Bible 
verses that we can help us to know that we must walk in love. We must walk in love. See, the, by reading that, by reading that uh, prophecy, it makes us to see the, the importance of what God said when he said, love one another. He said, by this child, men know that ye are my disciples. When you have what? Love one to another. See, but see, what is this thing? Someone said, well, I think I, I have love. But if you have bitterness against anybody, not just some people that are in anybody, what was the Lord God gave to us? See, it's new commandments I have given unto you. A new commandment. All the laws of the of the Old Testament. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit this adultery, thou shalt not do all these evil things. See, they are all summarized in one sentence. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, but God is looking for something much more than just that. You have to remember that. In the scripture, in the word called love, that was translated as love, they call in the King James Version, they call it charity, which is actually love. There are three types of that thing called agape love, is what God is looking for. There's what they call eros, which is the one that people have attraction to one another and they get married on erotic love. Then they have the filial love, which is friendship love. Now I'm going to talk of the take a story from the story from the book of Ruth. From the book of Ruth, chapter one. Give me Ruth chapter one. And I'm going to go to many of us know this story of this woman called Ruth. She followed her mother-in-law back to Israel. And from the story, God wanted to point to us what the love that he is talking about. The love that he is talking about. The unconditional love. Look at the story from Ruth chapter 1, the year of chapter 1. Give me verse, let's say, let's just open up to verse 1. Ruth, not Ruth, not Luke, Ruth. The book of Ruth, chapter 1. I'm going to paraphrase until we get to verse 16. This woman and her family and her, and her husband, that is Naomi, and her husband and two sons, they left Israel because there was famine in the land of Israel. So they left Israel to, uh, to go and sojourn in a place called Moab. The two sons were, in those days, maybe they were teenagers, not ready for marriage. But while they were in the land of Moab, the Bible said they were there for almost 10 years because of the famine. And while they were in the land of Moab, the man died. I'm Haimelech, it's his name, I believe. He said it. Elimelech is his name. So he died leaving the woman as a widow with her two sons. And they kept living there and the two sons married. And those two sons married, one of them married this woman called Ruth. The other one married another one, Opa. For some reason, within that 10 years, some terrible things happened in Moab. The two men, the two young men died also. Could be accident, it could be violence. Leaving Naomi with her two daughters in law. You can see the disaster that came to this woman. Then she decided, that, well, gee, What am I doing here? She came because of her husband or 
all the things he followed to that Moabite, Moabite place, they were all gone. Also. So she said, well, everything is back in order right now in Israel. So she decided, well, she, she better go back home. The balance for the story, that's the beginning of the story. So she decided that she was going to go back home to Israel, Bethlehem. And maybe they started packing with the daughters and she decided, well, something could be about she. Maybe they have no house. I'm just posing this paraphrase. Perhaps she has no house in uh, Bethlehem, but she could remember, maybe sister so and so, she would put up with her, or auntie so and so, she would put up with her. Not so. But she asked me, what about this daughter-in-law? They're going to be extra burden for her. If she's able to stay with Sister Hex or Auntie Y when she gets back home, these are extra bodies. So that must be what comes to her house. So but she better release these women to go back and marry. You know? They are younger, they can marry. So she called the two daughters in law and said, It's better for you to just go back to your family. They were more abetesses. They married in that, they were from that city, from that country. So just go back home and Lord bless you and give you a husband. And the other one, they cried, they wept, and then the first one opened, she decided she, she left. And Naomi talked to them and said, well, follow her, so you also just leave. And that was where verse 16 came into play. Give me verse 16. And this has been reported as a, a song of love in many places. He called it a covenant. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Verse 17. Next verse. Say, Where thou diest, I will I die, and there will I be buried. Say the Lord do so to me and more also. If aught but death but dear me. Because what kind of a love is that? What kind of a commitment is that? Well, that is what God is looking for between we and Him. That is the kind of now when you look at this story here, you can see why God specifically put this story here in the scriptures. Because when you see this story, this is the lineage that Jesus Christ came through, this woman. You say, why? Why? Because she, look at this, look at an example. We talk about erotic, erotic love, when they were married, so they have had that erotic, erotic love, when they were married to their husbands. Well, filial love. A filial love is a friendliness, brotherly kindness. But when you give them the opportunity, they will turn back. That was what the other woman opened her heart. She loved, but see, the opportunity showed her where she, since I can still be better over here, she turned back. And let's look at some Bible verses that point to us that. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13 to 16. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13 to 16. Talking about men of faith. And the scripture said, These all people die in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pre on the earth. Next verse. 
For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, this is the verse I'm going to, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had the opportunity to have returned. Opa had the opportunity to return. She loved mother-in-law, yeah, but hey, the opportunity to just go back. And she took the opportunity, the option, to go back. That is the filial love. But the agape love, next verse, verse 16. But now they desire a better country that is an heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. So that is the level of agape love that God is saying, that is the love he is waiting for, the love that Ruth showed here, that said, I'm not turning back. So when she has abandoned this country, say if they if they if they have if they are mindful of the country they come from, they will have our opportunity to return. If you have opportunity to return, will you go back from Jesus? If you have the opportunity to return, will you go back from Jesus? That brings to mind the what what Job said that though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That is the commitment. And love that this woman really was prophesying uh, that God is waiting for that love that must be God Himself manifesting in His sins. It is because the Bible says God Himself is love. Remember that. Praise the Lord. First John chapter 4, verse 16. God is love. So we have known and believed the love that God has to us, that God is love. And he that dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God and God in him. Now, let me go back to that story of Ruth. What this woman said, she said, entreat me not to, to follow you. Entreat me not to follow you. That's Ruth chapter 1 verse 16 again. Put it up again. Ruth chapter 1, Ruth chapter 1 verse 16 again. He said, Entreat me not to leave thee, for or to return from following thee, from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Look at Revelation chapter 14, verse 4. What did the Bible say about these people that he called the first fruits? These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb, where? With us wherever he goeth. We are to follow the Lamb with us wherever he goeth. That is the first fruit. Because when you, when you read the rest of it, it said, these were the redeemed from among men. So you see, that example of fruit is saying, I'm following you, where you die, that's where I'm going to die. That is a commitment that God is talking about, agape love. And this first fruit that are going to go with Christ, say they follow the Lamb with that so far you go. So you can see the correlation, see, of this agape love that we see in the story of Ruth and the sons of God that the prophets were saying, God is waiting for this divine love to see it in the body of Christ. Otherwise, it's not coming yet. 
And you see many, in our, right now in this generation, many are seeing visions of rapture. That was how we saw it in the 70s. The purpose of that is to make us run the race, to make us gear up ourselves, to make us quicken our pace. It will bring you from one level of faith to another level. You may not come in that generation if they don't get this thing right, like he said. If they don't get this divine love right, like the prophecy said. And that is what we are why we are talking about this and say, Lord help us. It's a covenant that God is making with man and He wants us to know that He is, yes, it's coming soon, but we must be what? Children of God and children of love. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. You see, the Spirit itself bearing witness with our spirit that we are all the children of God and the Bible says God is love and if we are God's children we must be children of love and that is all we are is pointing out to us we must be children of love Matthew chapter 8, 18 I want to now bring it down a little bit closer, closer to us not just talking generally as love love, love let's bring it down to our level of what is our problem individually when the body of Christ in the family in your relationship but what is this love you are talking about it's all have to do with relationship when we are in the body of Christ it's relationship God does not wants relationship when we are in your household husband and wife and children and your aunts and your uncles and your Nigerian aunts Nigerian uncles extended family it's relationship see relationship and when God said that all all grudges it's not between you and God it's between you and your neighbors and your brothers and your sisters and your husband and your ex-husbands and your sons it's a relationship so that is all that matters when we are talking about these things so that's why I say let's break it down to our nitty gritty our level Matthew chapter 18 give me Matthew chapter 18 is anybody there? Verse 21. This is, this is when Lazarus was preaching and he told them that, well, if you start from verse 15, you see the context of the story. From verse 15. If thy brother shall trespass against thee, what is that relationship? Because that's where we all have issues. My uncle, my brother, my friend, my wife, my spouse, my husband. If they trespass against you, so go and tell him it's fault between thee and him alone. God is talking about the same thing. That is relationship. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Next verse. But if he will not hear thee, it's more like giving us a protocol. This is how you undo situations. Take with thee one or two, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. Next verse. And if he shall neglect to hear them tell it unto the church but if you neglect to hear the church who is the church? local church I mean let him be unto thee as an Eden man and a publican when you say an Eden man you can remember that because sometimes people say well we are just going to we are just going to cut him off but you don't even an Eden man you don't hate the Eden man because the Bible says you are not to hate you are to love them still even you don't believe, but you still love them, the love of God. 
See? So you have to remember, even though that brother, that sister, that relative that you said, you've told the church or church member, you told the church, the church, if the fellow won't accept the church verdict because he thinks he's no better than everybody else. He said, then let him be as an even man. That is, you still love him or her, but now you are taking him as he's not a believer. It's not one of false believers. But you cannot hate because God is talking about heart. Heart, our heart. You cannot hate and don't allow bitterness to remain because you say, No, I don't hate him. But some God is looking deeper to see the root of bitterness somewhere there. That when you hear the voice, the name of that person, that root is bringing, it's trying to spring out. That is what we need to deal with. Everybody needs to deal with that root of bitterness so that we can say, Oh, I'm clear. I've forgiven him or her. It's forgiveness, not so. It has to be forgiven from in your own heart. So does that mean I should fellowship with him again? Well, judge does. Have I forgiven him? Have I not? But how do you handle? Do I still fellowship with this person? Do I still invite him to my house? Do I still do this? But think about it. You check that in your heart. So here is continue to the next verse. Very I said to you, whatsoever you shall bind or not. That means when we, when we believers are following these precepts that God has laid out to resolve situations, then you have authority to bind and lose. Now come to verse 21. This is where Apostle Peter said, wait a minute. Then Peter said unto the Lord, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times is enough. I mean, you can tell that Peter was being a woman. Maybe he had somebody in his mind when the Lord was saying these things, and you know that he, the way that thing is coming across, that Mr. X, I will do it seven times. And Jesus said, What? Jesus said to him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but what? Until seventy times seven. And uh, some marriages have said, He says in a single day. 70 times 7 in a single day, not just 70 times 7 in a one year period. Because if you compare scripture with scripture, it's saying 70 times 7. I see, offended you 70 times 7 in a single day? No. Then the Lord gave the parable of the unjust, the man that will not forgive. The man that will not forgive, which is the next stories and stories. I don't think I will not go into that's why it's going to take so much time. But remember, we are talking of his relationship that God is talking about now when it comes to walking in love, walking in forgiveness. Don't be judgmental. Don't be suspicious of everybody. Don't be full of accusation. Romans chapter 13 verse 10. Romans chapter 13 verse 10. This is the summary of all the law of Moses that everybody says you must keep this thing come in verse 9 and from verse 9 he has told us that all of these laws are summarized in one thou shalt love thy neighbor thou shalt not commit adultery thou shalt not kill thou shalt not steal thou shalt not be a false witness thou shalt not covet and if there be any other commandment it is biblically comprehended in this saying namely thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself verse 10 he said this love walketh no heal to his neighbor Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So this is the summary of what God is giving to his body. So if we walk in love, then we have authority to tell you they will leave Satan. And walking in love, leave. You, don't, you are not allowed here. 
and the devil have to obey us because he said if we are outside that love then we are in Satan's territory we are in Satan's territory so what does the Lord require from us exercising this love exercising it I don't know anybody's perfect. They say love. They say perfect love casted off. Nobody's perfected in love yet, but we have to exercise it and exercise it. When this fellow has offended you, can you call the fellow and say, "I forgive you," or if you are the one that has offended, "I am sorry." Some people that's too hard for them to even see their sorry. That's pride, you see. So those are the things you exercise it by hiding this pride and going taking your first step and say i'm sorry i was dealing with somebody that i said why don't we be like god and say well god the bible said god does not impute our trespasses unto us when he said christ god was in christ reconciling the world the world of sinners unto himself god was in christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and that is how we want to be like. We want to be like God, not godly. We want to be like God. We want to walk through that love that is already. The Bible said the love of God is already shared abroad in our heart. It's already, you know, it's already, if you're born again, it's already in you. Just let it manifest. The flesh, we want to cover it down and say, no, that man did me wrong. No, that fellow did me wrong. Yes, he did you wrong, but God is dealing with you, not that fellow. God is dealing with you. So if we can humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God, say, God, then we bless us. We will be children of most high God indeed. That is what God is saying. We have to exercise it. Sometimes it's not easy. Yes, it's not easy. But if we exercise it with the Lord's grace, that's the grace we're going to ask for in prayer. With the Lord's grace, we will be able to do what the Lord wanted us to do. Amen? Praise the Lord. I'm going to wrap it up right there and I'm going to ask us to stand up and pray. First Corinthians chapter 13. Many of us know some of these Bible verses. First Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 4. Because it's charity. Love, suffering long. You see, you see what God is talking calling call love. It is the long suffering. We forgiving one another. You see, that's what he's talking about. He said, you give money to people, it's not, it's not, he said, if you have done that, you give your whole house to people and think that's love. He said, that's, that cannot be love. Love suffering long. That means somebody has hurt you. Some ex-friend, co-worker, that, or that man that they say is the one that is doing evil to your household because African tradition also. That Mr. X, that, uh, the competitor with your mom she's the ex she's the witch all of those terminology that we were raised with that make people to be afraid of people over there to be afraid of people over there that they would rather kill that basically instead that you have to remember all of those things they are just sometimes in the mind oh, yeah i know this one's not in the mind this woman really wanted to do it yeah but you have to know who is actually trying to do it it's satan so just know the enemy and not the human being and the bible is saying that long suffering that is the one god is looking for the love that he's talking about god god himself is long he said when god described himself what did he say to moses he said i will declare my name before you in the book of uh, exodus what did he declare the law 
Lord, the Lord God. Merciful. That's his name. And gracious. Long suffering. Abundant in goodness and in truth. That's his name. So that's why Apostle John could not say God actually is love. Because that's why Peter, we are Apostle Paul, God is from. Say, all the giving money to the poor, give yourself to the poor and say that's not the love. He said, but this suffering long, that's what God called himself. Long suffering. That's the love. Well, that's now relationship, not some relationship that I'm not going to hold this man to his problem. Oh, he did me wrong, yeah, but I'm not going to hold him to, I'm going to forgive him. That's the long suffering of God. They say it's kind, envy it not, believe it all things. When you go to the next verse, love, believe it all things. Many people they already assume that this fellow has done, he can never be changed. So be, love, believe it all things. Love, open all things. Love endure all things. That is the attribute he wanted us to exercise. You say, well, here, it's not just coming, it's not coming naturally. Yeah, but you exercise and you see it becomes to come naturally because you have the Holy Spirit in you. It's not coming naturally. I want to forgive, but it's not forgive coming naturally. But you just, there was a minister said to a woman that a woman that said she hated her mother. You know what the minister told her? He said, you don't really hate her. Say so, no, I hate that mother. You don't really hate her. Because if you hate her, this is Satan. If you are a believer, the devil is not in you. You are just yielding to the circumstances. So what do I do then? He said, act. Act as though you love her. That the next time you see her, behave the way you should behave. Say, well, you'll be making it up. Yeah, make it up. Say, love is an act. Somebody that hated that just make you mad and you see the fellow coming to your place your face is already frowning but see act put that act on smile say well that's just make it God wanted to do that make it up make it up make it up because if you keep making it up Holy Ghost will help you to become part of you so that action is the real God wanted to see because if you keep anger in you and hatred in you hey that comes that woman again and you already frowning your face that means that bitterness is there Act the way you will if you love. That's what the pastor said to that man, that man minister told us about. Say, act the way you will as though you love her. So the woman wanted to take that step. She purposely invited her mother-in-law to come and have dinner, come and have lunch. And they came, and she now realized that that step, not thinking that I hated that woman, that step of just calling her and the other siblings and the other in-laws. To come and have dinner, she realized that oh yeah, Holy Ghost took over her heart. But she didn't really hate them. Because what you think is sacred is the demon standing upon your shoulder whispering that thing to you. Spirit, they are like flies. Those demons, they are like flies. They are just rousing it up in you. As long as you keep listening to that fly that landed upon your shoulder, it's not in you unless you are not born again. Then they fly around and they see oh, that fellow, that fellow with that fellow, and they land and reminded you of what that fellow did. And if you keep listening to the voice of the demons that are whispering to your ear, that will raise up that fleshy anger. And now you see her coming, you cannot control yourself. You want to keep that anger. But if you just act, like you say, act the way you will, that demon will run off. Because you was not expecting that type of reaction. They run off because you acted. And that is the summary of what I'm trying to say when it says, how do you show, if you say it's very difficult, it's not difficult. Act the way you will, as though you love this fellow, 
and you will see that the Holy Ghost in you will take over. Praise the Lord. Let's stand up our feet. Let's stand up our feet. And just pray and talk to the Lord and say, Lord, give me that grace so that any time in this, in this race I'm able to act as in forgiveness, walking in forgiveness, walking in love towards everybody, towards my family members, towards the church members, towards anybody that comes my way. I want to walk in that divine love so that the Lord can bless me and as we believers begin to act on this, Holy Ghost helping us, then God can begin to say these people are really children of God indeed. Children of God. Children of love. Talk to your, your Lord yourself. Just pray. Just pray to the Lord yourself. Just pray to the Lord. Father, we pray, O Lord, that your word has said, we are children of God indeed. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16, that the Bible said, that the Spirit will bear witness that we are children of God. Children of love. Help us to be able to manifest that love, to exercise this love, one toward another. One toward the... To, because when we have that love towards another thing, Lord, remind me of this. He has commanded us to love one another. When we love the Lord Jesus Christ so much that we are ready to do anything for Jesus. Remember, it's a command. He said, do you love me, Peter? That's why he asked Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes. He said, then, do this. And what did he tell us? If you love me, keep my commandments. So if I love the Lord Jesus Christ so much that I will do anything for him, then that brother that hurt me, that uh, my heart is angry about him, that's it, forgive him and love him. For Christ's sake, I will forgive him and love him. That's your ex that you just don't want to talk about that fellow anymore. That's your cousin, your aunt, your in-law, your brother-in-law, your anybody, whatever it is. Your nephew. You want to say, for Christ's sake, because I love Jesus, and I must do what Jesus said, then I will forgive that fellow. And stretch my hand towards that fellow. Oh, you are being foolish, no? You are being Christ-like. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. So he died for you when you are thieves. He died for you when you are still prostitutes. He died for you when you are still arm robber. He died for you when you are doing all those evil things. He already died. He already paid for it. And he came looking for you. Amen? Praise the Lord. He came looking for you. He came looking for me. When I was this and was that, he already paid it. He paid the price. Now he came looking for me and said, come follow me. Come follow me. There was a story of Matthew, the, Bible, the book, the Matthew that wrote the book of Matthew. It was called Levi. He was a tax collector. Being a tax collector is people that they think they are, they are bad. In Israel, they were bad. And the Lord came and said, follow me. When like, the same thing, he calling you and me, we call us to follow him, even though you were once bad and dirty, then you forgive. That's why the Bible says God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. And because he has done that, because I love Jesus, I must do what I must obey his word. Walk in love, forgive this brother, forgive this sister, forgive this nephew, forgive this aunt, forgive, and then make a decision. Call them back and say, We I forgive you, forgive me, whatever I've done wrong. Let's walk with the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this prayer, for this exhortation, for this word of exhortation. I just pray, Lord, that you will let it burn in the heart of those. As people are listening to it, Lord, you will be reminding them, Lord, of the fact that 
this love is essential and they will remember somebody that they have logged ahead with and that is what they need to deal with the one that they have logged ahead with that's the one you want them to deal with love and help them to deal with it and to surrender to just humble themselves before everyone that's listening whether on radio land or on television land help them to surrender to that humility take humility to surrender to the lord that they will surrender to humility and he said humble thyself under the mighty arms of god and he will exalt you help us to live to humble ourselves under your mighty arm lord in the name of our lord jesus christ praise the lord praise the lord the person can come back now